0: People of Earth If you are hearing this you are receiving a signal from another planet Fanboy planet
1: Watch anime ships with inflatable breasts. Might be a trekking Sit back and watch as the Uber Geek goes and kicks it up, but not turn to the left to F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. Well, like said, I'm, I'm just
0: the definition natural. of a fanboy. <laughs> I don't know. Have you been? Wa- have you watched any of the DC superhero girls stuff? No. Uh, they did a movie, and I realized after watching Suicide Squad, in the universe of DC superhero girls, Amanda Waller is the president of the high school. So, if you're a criminal and you're caught, instead of being sent to Belle Reve and remanded and, and being forced to join Suicide Squad, you're forced to become a high school teacher. <laughs> Because all the teachers are the, are the supervillains.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Uh, so Gorilla Grodd is on a. <laughs> that, I mean, for a Cartoon Network, is uh, a substitute. Uh, so that, that is is a totally substitute works. Teacher, and I thought that is really funny that they're still acknowledging. But all you would
1: not. You wouldn't. You know. You wouldn't make him a gym teacher. You make him like the literature teacher or something. Gonna, I can't remember what. The, oh, I think or he dance or was something.
0: He the dean of students or so, uh, something. So Amanda is the principal.
1: Well, of course. Granny
0: yeah. Goodness was the librarian. Yeah, that so makes you sense. can see where the betrayal yeah, is yeah. about to happen. Um, it's an interesting universe because Superman exists separately as an adult, and as su- they haven't shown him, but they, they talk about hey, it's great that he's out there as a superhero. But when you watch it, and and I'd say it's interesting. At least there's little episodes that are like a minute long, so it won't take a lot, a lot of time but it's interesting to catch the background because every single background character is out of DC continuity. Okay. And they showed the cafeteria and they had, like, uh, you know, a 12-year-old metamorpho with El- the back of El Diablo from Suicide Squad. And, you know, and it, going, and it gets very, very deep and the um, the costuming design teacher is uh, Crazy Quilt. Who's and writing it, do you know? Who's writing it? Yeah. I know Mike Carlin's involved. He's not the writer. It's, um... I think it's actually the person that did the graphic novel. Um, Shea Fontana huh. is the, the writer.
1: Because uh, uh, that's a lot of continuity worked into... I know
0: concert. that the producers had a lot of... So I know uh. Mike Carlin did... Uh, oh, dang it. I, I know I know one of the other associate producers uh, because she had worked on uh, Robot Chicken for a while. Uh. Uh, or at least worked for Stupid Buddy. And, you know, so... And J. Dobbs Rosa, Jordan Rosa, who write, occasionally writes for Fanboy Planet, lives with her. And, uh, and he had told me, like, oh yeah, the, pay attention to the deep depth of the continuity. You know what what the characters are. But so, all the rest of the Justice League are there as teens, which is interesting. That Superman is out there,
1: and somewhat related. I was uh, I'd been fascinated by this documentary on Bronies that was available through one of the streaming Netflix things. And I came across something that had been mentioned in that, which was a series... I'm not even quite sure what the extent to this had been produced, but they took all the My Little Pony characters and turned them into teen girls. In a, in I told you, Equestria High. We actually is that Equestria question okay. We talked about that on the podcast. So okay, that's I did, the place where it gets creepy. I, it was totally creepy, and I was only looking at still images. Cause yes. they were not only were there... Not only I, were there shots from the show, but there I, were all the fan art, too.
0: I don't know how many quote unquote movies have been made, but I do. Uh, okay, know, so that was that. Okay. Yeah, we have talked about I that. I remember
1: we are talking about that, but. Yeah, that's a question. When I actually about. saw it, I couldn't draw it into anything. I don't know, maybe it's just the, the imagery See? itself just divorces itself from. I think on reality. the
0: podcast I told you, you're not prepared, Rick. You're I wasn't prepared not, when I saw it. You're just not ready. Um, and but are should, we ready? I think so. So this is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and we are podcasting on, good heavens, what day is this? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. The 7th. The 7th, indeed. All righty. Which is? Of September. Of September. Are we one day or two days away from the 50th anniversary of Star Trek?
1: Oh, I think two days. I think it's the 9th.
0: I think you're probably right. I know I saw it this week, yeah. um,
1: and it's and so we're
0: promising. We're this is the podcast that will be the uh, the one Star Trek free <laughs> this week, right? And we've got nothing. I got nothing to say about. It. No, that's not true. I do have one thing. So uh, anyway, uh, this is Derek McCaw and of course, across from me, we are podcasting also from the Seven Stars Bar and Grill. Special thanks to Paul and Maria Cunha for letting us come down here. Just for the heck of it, although they're about to celebrate their five-year anniversary, so if you are not, uh, you know, we have a link on Fanboy Planet. Check it out, follow, and find out when the five-year anniversary party is. This is the longest introduction I've ever gotten. Well, you know, we, we started stumbling. I'm just going to say, I'll introduce you then.
1: Anyway. Uh, Rick Brett Snyder. There you go. Get it in <laughs> now, because <laughs> otherwise started. it's just not going to
0: happen. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say that you're he- sitting here at this table, in Seven Stars Bar and Grill, and want to thank them on such short notice. To just say it'd be fun to come down and, and be here tonight for the heck of it. Uh, Nate Costa is not able to join us. Don't come down right
1: now because we're not really here.
0: No, again, this is a Mister Show sketch. This is by the time you're listening to us, we have already been home for a week. Um, Anyway, uh, we just want to say, too, as well, if you are listening to us uh, on iTunes, Google Play, you can find us on Podcast Pickle. You can find us on Stitcher app. You can find us on FanboyPlanet.com, where, of course, you may also find uh, each and every podcast has its own page with kind of uh, information about, say, some of the books we talk about. I really appreciate that Rick has been adding in what we talk about on What's in the Bag so that it's separated out there. People can see, oh, yeah, maybe I should pick that up. Uh, And if there's something we talk about that you would like to purchase and you cannot find it at your local brick-and-mortar store, such as Earth 2 Comics uh, in Sherman Oaks, California, or Lucid Comics and Games in Santa Clara, California, or Hijinx Comics in San Jose, California, uh, you can go to the Amazon link that is very helpfully there as well. Uh, You might also want to check out, if there's an item that uh, sounds good, on ThinkGeek. ThinkGeek is an affiliate with Fanboy Planet, which means if you go through the ad on the Fanboy Planet website, uh, we get a small kickback from the purchases you make there. Uh, and also say, uh, support Aces Weekly, who is also an advertiser. Uh, David Lloyd, who is the co-creator of V for Vendetta. I think I've gone through everything there. As well, if you just want to support us, as a couple of listeners have I'd like in the past. i like to thank my mom. In the past. Uh, you know, but I mean financially. Oh, yeah. yeah. i like to thank my mom. But uh, you can donate to PayPal uh, through editor at fanboyplanet.com as well as you know of course you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, Derek. This introduction has gone on forever and you right said- into editor at fanboyplanet.com. We've got comics news, we've got movie news, we've got TV news, all of it geek-centric, perhaps nothing more geeky than our top story tonight, which is that Rick went away. And Again. came back safely from PAX. Wait, there's a there's a It was just once PAX. Now it's got. It was a, originally PAX, and, West. and then it was
1: PAX Prime when they did a East past PAX East. But yes. now they've done like at least two others, and so this is now now PAX West. All right, because you don't want to hurt the East or South. No, no, no,
0: totally get, totally get that. Uh, for those
1: not clear on what it is, uh, PAX. Stands for Penny Arcade Expo because yes. Expo starts with an X, and Penny it, Arcade it, it, is yeah, a, cool. a regular. It started off as a regular uh, commentary cartoon on uh, on PC and console gaming, and it uh, it just blew blew up from there. It was so popular they became uh, full on re- game reviewers, writers, commentary all over the place. Publishers, publishers. They've got volumes and volumes and volumes of collected uh, cartoons with every one of their cartoons has Web like comics, half, a, yeah. half a page of explanation of what was going on and explaining the the comic strip for that day. Um, and it's Tycho and Gabe who have real names. so Those are their, their fan names. And they, uh, they, they just put together this amazing party. And I think someone said there were 100,000 people there. At at a, at a non Comic Con event, that's an astounding number. In the sacrament of uh, the uh, pardon me, the Seattle Convention Center.
0: Well, no, no, I say that's astounding. You say a non Comic Con, but I'm sure that there are all kinds of events that are not nerd centric that that gather that much.
1: Um, but this a is a football game. This this is. So uh, what? CES or or E three. CES is probably about a hundred. I think it was one hundred and sixty thousand miles. Time it was bigger than Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, e three. I don't know. I, I've never gone to an E three. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I did once, but they they changed the rules. So it I was not go in anymore. It was huge, and it was all over downtown Seattle, and I, really all over different. Uh, you, there were uh, hotels they were using that were blocks away from the. Main convention center for the official convention, not just somebody who had set something up. Yeah. Um, the I've only been to that convention center for tech <laughs> things, of Microsoft, and have never seen it as full. I've never been in a lot of the areas that I was in this time. Um, but you go in, and there there are three main floors of exhibition. One, in, one all of them had PC games. On all of them had console games. Some of them had. Uh, were more focused on indie stuff, and there was one floor that had a lot of board and card games as well. There were there was a lot of separate rooms. Now, when I say a separate room, when you say game room at a convention, um, you're thinking of like a regular conference room that's got a lot of games in in it. But the game rooms are packs; they're probably about 30-40 consoles in this room of varying varying design and manufacturer from from like N sixty four and no pre the Super, super NES super, super Nintendo, yeah. and the uh, the Famicom and all going back and there were people who had um, they had set up original Xboxes networks so you could play the original Halo and that was not uncommon you had all these old style games that you could go in like an arcade of history of of games and there was a place where you go and check check games out to go play them on the consoles. So there was there was many many rooms where companies were demoing products, card games, board games, PC games. Bethesda, uh, not Bethesda, but um, uh, God, I forgot the name of it. But uh, the the main floor was huge. It, it was you walk across the main floor, then you walk across a sky bridge into the next building. And you'd walk across another main floor that was larger than that one, um, just amazingly large. Uh, the the some of the big ones Bethesda had a huge booth for Dishonored Two, and for all their other all other games they had um, uh, the new Elder Scrolls Legends, which is a card game based on the Elder Scrolls prop- properties, which I I just loved. I, that was a that was a great game.
0: Elder Scrolls is uh, Skyrim, right? Skyrim, yes. and
1: uh, Skyrim is the most recent, but Elder Scrolls is the franchise. Um, oh, I know the it's been franchise. there longer, but, I,
0: but I, yeah. I had not quite somehow not clicked and pieced together Right. Elder Scrolls and Skyrim until recently when my son dropped that as a combo. and went, ah, yes, yes because I've never played any of it. Yeah. So let's narrow it down to one or two things that excited you coming out so of it. So the
1: one thing I could not get into but i still took a ton of pictures from was a new star trek uh property uh have you heard of artemis starship yes. artemis you this is something that they getting, had at Bacon. they set it up at conventions now and basically it's several computers that are all networked together and the, a computer can be anything from a pc to a laptop to an ipad you can that they all run the client, and you each computer is a different station on the bridge of this spaceship Artemis. Then you have another another computer that's dedicated just to show the viewport out the front of the bridge, so you can see what's going on in space in front of you. And one person plays the captain who tells everyone to do, but doesn't actually have a console of his own to run. The engineer will have a bunch of controls related to engineering. Helmsman, all the steering of the ship and such. And so in that you're all playing in the same, in the same uh, ship, and going through space, taking on different missions combat. Star Trek has taken this and themed it as a, a Federation vehicle, and I wasn't quite sure. It looked like it could have been the Enterprise, but I wasn't quite sure if they were they were saying it was the Enterprise. If you were playing Kirk, Spock, the rest. They did one more thing; they made it work with VR. Yeah, so okay. You, this has been advertised. Yeah, you get the is. you get the head head you get the headset on, and you're looking around at the bridge, and then you look down at your own controls, and you control the controls are basically there in virtual space in front of you, and you're using the hand controllers for the VR system to manipulate the controls. So, there was one thing that I did notice about. All the VR games, and there were a lot of VR games at well, this thing.
0: Well, that's the that's the word for 2016. Even even
1: indie, in, even indie, small indie places are implementing VR games and doing a good job of it too. But you don't want to. You do not want to have your picture taken in a VR helmet because people just they're slack jawed. They're just they just you don't look your best when you're, no, no, when you're off in VR. VR. that's I think that's really. I'm. I i do not think I'm going to do it with the helmet. I'm going to wait until they have like the, the capsule you get full body into, and then I can enjoy it a little more. Cause I don't know that yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, so that was that. I was, don't know
0: who has the space. You know when I you and I talked about that a little bit after Comic Con, right? Because you said you you saw Cartoon Network had a room with the Rick and Morty Adult Swim, right. Virtual reality, and I got to demo that at Comic Con. Yeah, it
1: was an eight by six room. It was and nothing I just else in don't
0: it. know who has the space. Now, we're going to get back to complaining about Silicon Valley in a bit. Not the show, the actual place. Uh, <laughs> but that's one of the things is I don't... I used to be absolutely convinced yeah. this was going to be the next phase in home gaming and in home experience. But now I just don't know who has the space for it.
1: Yeah, the thing is the first set of VR gaming stuff was on a Platform. You may remember this. They put the helmet on you, and you stepped into this little platform—a circular platform with a railing that went all around it—and mm-hmm. you didn't actually move out of that space. It was almost like a phone booth-sized area that you were in.
0: Everything I've done, like a Comic Con outside, up right. until virtual Recality, was you were stationary. Everything that I've seen—a right. a varying success. Um, and even some of the primitive games. I, I attended a conference a couple of years ago where there were programming groups that had some fun little VR things. And I was slackjawed. And my favorite moment there was that they would taken the kit and put large googly eyes on it, uh-huh. so that when yeah. I took a selfie, they was like I had big googly right. eyes
1: in my jaw with slack yeah. as I was playing some game. Right, right. Um, you just don't want to. You want to know if you're a drooler too. You know, you want to make sure. Well, I already know I am. That's not okay. a question.
0: Uh, so I mean that, that is interesting. So when you say what you saw, um, what was the system being used most?
1: Well, Oculus Rift was I what most the of people game. were using. Uh, I did see all other systems, and there are three or four of them out there now. And the the that is one of those things where you know if you make the investment, it's it's worse than console gaming because. It costs more than a console to get one of these, and things you've got to have up. the hardware too. Yeah, this you have to have the PC. But you, if you have the PC that has the the guts to to run one of these simulations, that can probably transfer over. But it's it's the investment in the VR, which is why ha- I'm thinking
0: a, console gaming may have the edge there just a little bit. Yeah, PlayStation's announced PlayStation they're going VR there. Is coming Xbox in October, and I think there. the Star Trek is coming there. Yeah, and I should say just a little bit of of. of uh, of video game news that came in uh, today was that Sony did announce the next ver- the PlayStation Neo uh, uh-huh. that's going to basically uh, in a week PlayStation 4, the regular version goes will drop in price in price yeah and, maybe I'll buy one yeah and that's the, I knew I was waiting for the the right reason and uh, and this was going to be in 4K yeah and it's ready for but. I and
1: saw so it. is the Xbox. Yeah, they're all going to support 4K. But how? Uh, it really depends on whether or not the manufacturer of your your do you need media.
0: It but no. But even so, how much do you need that reality to enjoy gaming? Because so much can go into graphics, and then the game can be cracked.
1: True, and that. But that's never changed.
0: Yes, <laughs> <I guess laughs> that's, I mean. that's, that's always been. That's always been the case since the day Atari hyped
1: ET. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although that had crappy graphics.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, both. No, you, you, you can
1: have a beautiful game that has no gameplay value to it at all, and I, that's just that's again, it's it's the production of the game. It's it's how well it was it was thought out, designed, and implemented. And that's three different things, and if you screw up on any one of them, you get a dud. The. Uh,
0: so was there an indie game that's that caught your there attention? There were a
1: couple of indie games. Uh, and one one which is not new, but I'd never seen it before was called Don't Starve. Which is, a, which is kind of a flat, goth- I say that to myself looking, every day. Don't starve. Um, it's a survival game, but it's, it's the most charming survival game I've ever seen in my life because the character's a little, little goth, little Emily Strange-style art in there, but super deformed kind of, and you're out in this, this kind of flatland uh, harvesting and creating with recipes and building stuff up so that you don't starve and die. Uh, it was just like the juxtaposition between these bouncy little characters running across the screen and the fact that they 're all going to die eventually um, have you ever played fat princess no i haven 't a similar thing where I did not realize
0: that this game that seemed very cute to me on the surface yeah turned out to be really dark and bloody and
1: evil so yeah there were uh, when you when you look about look about the oh uh, I still play it, but you, know. you look about the uh, the indie games. Um, the ones that are successful, the ones that take something and twist it just a little bit off of off yeah. of center. Um, I there was one abstract that uh, sh- that w- was uh, good by me. I'm going to show you the picture, even though I'm going to have to describe it. Uh, it's basically two. It's dark. I can't really two see characters it. and. Um, one is black and one is white, and they're in a f- in, the black ones in a white field, and the white ones in a black field. Uh, when I say field, rectangular area. And the
0: game is called "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield." Sha-
1: sh- shapes. Second Star Trek reference for indeed, the anniversary. Indeed, <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> but what happens is uh, y- when you shoot, you draw a line of of your color. So the one who's in the white space draws a line of uh-huh. white, and and the one who's black draws the line of black. That means the black guy can move through that space. So the the lines are for you; they're they're something that you can move through. For your opponent, they're walls. Mm-hmm. And you're basically trying to to shoot so that you can get to some place and then shoot again and intersect and kill your opponent. Um, wildly innovative. Uh, one of those popcorn games where you can say, let's play again. Let's play again. It's just like, it, there's not a lot of depth there. It's just a lot of fun and the, trying to rethink how you're going to... Um, it, it's almost like the light cycles in Tron, right? It's it's the same That's kind of thing. That's
0: what struck me, but I'd also say the popcorn games are the one that I think have the most replay value.
1: Yeah, well, especially for indie games because and they're the easiest ones for them to test, too. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was a... Uh, was a game called Moon Hunters, which again has been around for just a little while. It's an adventure game, um, but if you want, it's it's the art was great. The speed at which you moved around the 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 terrain was terrific. I mean, it was almost like um, it was faster than Gauntlet, you know, style movement across the, across the land. And the land is Gauntlet
0: second Atari twenty six hundred reference. There too. we
1: go. Actually, it was a, it was a it arcade was a game, game first, yeah, but it's still the yes. graphics were not much. That's true, um, but the uh, if you wanna you wanna find like the top ten games that they chose they chose the top ten indie games for the conve- convention, and they put special uh, pages in the guidebook for it. And they, I highlighted them in, oh, okay. them in an area. So it was a, supposedly it was fifty experts in the field chose the top ten. And if you look up PAX 10 2016, two thousand sixteen, you'll find find those you'll games. You'll find these ten games. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I don't know that I'll go back again. It was it was an exhausting convention to go to. Just a lot, an incredible amount of walking and just up and down stairs and escalators. and...
0: I think he, you know, to be honest, I think you'd find the same thing about E3. Because the Los Angeles Convention Center sounds to me very similar. Yeah. And it takes up the whole space. And I haven't been to that in about a decade. Um, and I know that this year was WonderCon. I, but I don't think WonderCon took up the full space the way E3 does. Yeah. So, but I, I, I'm with you. There's a certain point now that it's just...
1: I did want to mention one other thing. And Will, I, I want to get a couple of Fanboy Planet Irregulars... On board to play this game, but I got a review copy of a board game called uh, based on Goonies. I saw you. That looks that. looks like it's a lot of fun, and I, I want to follow up with a review on that later. Right, and cool. I want to tag the game uh, in this review. So cool, 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 cool. All right, then uh,
0: welcome back. And now we move to, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Rod Stewart in the background. Yeah, I don't know how Some that
1: volume got turned up.
0: No, I, think, I think that nobody was playing the jukebox for a while. Oh, okay. This is, you know, we're in a working bar, and they're nice enough to host us, and uh, and as long as Rod Stewart doesn't come over and, you know, caress my back, uh, I'm, I'm okay.
1: Oh, that isn't Rod, is it? No. Is it? No. Does it sound like Rod? No, I mean behind you.
0: Oh, oh, God. Um, <clears throat> no, it's Travis. Uh, so, anyway, we got some comics news, and that, and it's going from one con to the next really this talking about one coming up. It was announced uh, the Ape Expo, Alternative Press Expo, yep. run by our friend Dan Votto out yep. of uh, Slay, uh, Art Boutique. I want to remember the, the new, well, it was not new anymore, but the, st- the store. Um, and he was the founder of Ape in the first place until Comic Con, bought it from him and now has returned it to him in San Jose where a lot yep. of alternative and indie books uh, will be.
1: Now, where, where were they last year? Were they in the McHenry? They were
0: in the, the McHenry, yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's the McHenry Convention Center. You said it's, I wasn't uh, able to go last week. Octo- so. No, nor was I. October eighth and ninth, um, and uh, tickets are now on sale at www.alternativepressexpo.com, And uh, so we don't have much to say about it, except it is uh, it is where a it's lot. It's of- always a great time. I mean, it is, it is, and we want to support again anytime there's a local show. Uh, I once again, it's something where I bemoan, like uh, you just mentioned that I will not be going to Convolution, but realize it's also the same weekend as there's a Merced Comic Con, which is a Colossus, colossal con. Yeah. Uh, we got the Campbell Con coming up at the end of October. Little shows last weekend was San Francisco, which I heard mixed, uh, conflicting reports about. It depended on who I talked to. Now, you know, someone like uh, I think it was Eric Larson posted, he really enjoyed it. And then uh, there were a couple people that posted and said, like, don't come down. It's just another one of those, you know, celebrity access shows, and there's not a lot of comics. But, but from, the, from some of the comics pros, I, I you know they, they had a good time being there. So maybe it, if it comes back next year, it'll be worth trying to go to.
1: Um, but there's a steampunk con in uh, San Diego in the Gaslight District that is uh, their guest of honor is Gail Carriger. Debbie's going. That's on the eighth of, uh, of October. October, yeah.
0: See, so you can go to Alternative Press Expo. Yeah. While Debbie goes to the Steam she'll be gone.
1: flying down there with. Her but it's friend, just too much. Linda. It's just I, you know. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. no, this has been an incredible year of conventions. Like, well, next I guess, year, I've got to cut some of them out. Uh,
0: there you go. Well, PAX was easy, right? Um,
1: Man, yeah. you just got you, you know like nineteen eighties Derek. Just I, well, I know. I feel, like, I feel like
0: am I back in the. Dorms? Is this is this starship turning up, man? No, don't. Um, that's my jam. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's a you know th- that convention's coming up. Uh, we do have a little preview review. We both had a chance to read a book that's coming out in a couple weeks. Yeah. That a couple of weeks ago we ran an interview with one of the writers, David Walker. It's Dark Horse releasing Tarzan on the Planet of the Apes. Yep. Which. I thought it was a good concept. Read it,
1: and the story worked really well. In a, it's so nice and twisty. The if, way the way they integrated into the the uh, it's the right kind of what
0: if for me. Yeah, because because when people approach what ifs, there's like there's the crazy There could be something crazy like you know I, I don't know like what if Tarzan superpower whatever you know that it wouldn't have a logical thing. Right. Whereas really. The logic of it is that the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, Cornelius and Zira just go back to the 19th century instead of the right.
1: 20th. Hey, it's
0: time travel. It, right. I mean, but it's that one little change. Yeah. And then they land in, in Africa and are with the Tarmangani or the, the Bulgani. We, no, we're the...
1: We're the Tarmangani. We're the Tarmangani. Bulgani.
0: It, it's been a while since I've just spoken ape. Bundalo. Um uh, But... That that made it was like okay that change to the story of Tarzan makes perfect sense to me. Was right. a good it was an interesting thing without violating anything. That basically, <laughs> and you still have Tarzan as a boy hanging around, palling around with, with the, Milo with Milo, which I like that they cut you know right. they kept the name Milo, and that there's a mystery of it begins in present day with it has become the Planet of the Apes. Right. So how does that? You know how did that shift happen, and it's going back and forth in time. I don't think it's
1: quite present day, is
0: it? It was. It's it's, maybe 1991, but it's uh, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not too far. It's in the recent past. Yeah, much time has passed, and I read it as Tarzan is sort of in that Philip Jose Farmer immortal state, right? Um, and so I want to know the answers and the art. I, I wish I could remember offhand who was doing the art.
1: Oh, I read it. Was it beautiful. I, yeah, it was absolutely fabulous. It, I mean, it, it was. It looked like the best of the, and it really felt like the uh, Marvel Marvel run on Planet of the Apes. And I'm trying to think. My favorite is Mike Plug, but it wasn't. It wasn't light, but it was like the other guy who did many of the issues, and I can't remember his name. Well, but but anyway, that other guy.
0: We want to recommend ahead of time, because I think it comes out in two weeks to stores, and Dark Horse gave us the okay to talk about it, and I just thought that was a fun, fun book and an interesting first issue that sets me up to, you know, I that I really want to know what happens next.
1: While we're, while we're on this, while we're on Planet of the Apes, because you know I'm a big super fan of Planet of the I Apes. I know you are. Um, I found out just the, the other day that there's an anthology of stories that's going to be published by Titan Books... Called uh, "Tales from the Forbidden Zone." Jim Beard is mm-hmm. one of the writers, and I, I follow him on uh, Facebook. Um, so this looks like another another opportunity to you know if you if you haven't done Planet of the Apes before, you know if you got to go out and watch that first movie. But well, you know, and that's the thing
0: is, I think, uh, and when we say first, of it, we really mean those first, first in the '60s, right. uh, you know, or the first one, '69. And uh, that first those first five are what we talk about because as entertaining as the modern retelling or prequel or preboot whatever right requel you want to say those are, they don't have the charm they don't have the mystery of and, and which I think this book from Dark Horse maintains is how did you get from right I, I, I was trying to articulate this in my head of that really in an interesting way. Because I think people make fun, you know, it's easy to find Planet of the Apes funny. But there's an interesting dark science fiction. And there are fiction, still points where you laugh. Yeah. You laugh at it. That there are dark science fiction points. And one of them is that it's picked up, it's never really hammered home, but it's picked up on by Escape from the Planet of the Apes and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Right. Is that by escaping back into the past, Cornelius and Zira messed with their timeline in a very different way and accelerated. The rise of the Planet of the Apes, right? And they it became it became this very but with strange different,
1: loop with a slightly different set of sensibilities. Yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, you know, and so it it is a it is interesting. Um, just to, that that this comic affects it uh, maintains that, and and you and you posted. I remember you posting about the sales from the Crimson Sun, going like, I don't know why I like Planet of the Apes so much. And David Walker said something similar to me, except that. I think what he articulated, and he and I are about the same age, is that when he was a kid, he went. You know, that's what there was. Yeah, that was the real franchise that had. There were comics that were that were accessible because I know yeah. Marvel tried a two thousand and one, but you can't tell there was a, no seven year old was picking up two thousand and one of Space Odyssey. And you're going like, yeah, until Mr. Yeah. Machine or Machine Man. Machine Man. Well, he started off as Mr. Machine, and they changed right. it for the solo Because,
1: copy. well, Mr. Machine was a copyright of 10 yeah. or too.
0: So, um, you know, it, it's interesting that it was... But it's also, there's something about monkeys. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's visceral. It's visceral with monkeys. It's visceral. It grips you. And, and, you know,
1: and he, every one of those stories, you know... The, you end, you know you watch the first movie you go, well, that's it then. And then you watch the second movie, well, that's definitely it then. And the third movie, you go, how the heck are they making a third movie? And the fourth movie, it's like, I didn't see this coming.
0: And as their budgets got
1: less and less. It's right. sort of like
0: Star Trek. You know, when you realize that the Star Trek movies later, the best ones are the ones where they cut the budget because the previous one hadn't done
1: well. Didn't did, and, did, and did Avalon had... write one of the books of those adaptations? Michael Avalon, Michael Avalon, David, right. David's, David's our, our friend, the son, yeah,
0: David's the son, yeah. Uh, Michael might have written one of the novelizations. Okay. Uh, David,
1: David Gerald wrote one of them.
0: Okay, and I know Pierre Bull wrote the original novel, right. but it, it was right. not. Uh, a, it was not the same. I don't know. Do they do a did they do a different time? Because the novel is original novel
1: is similar in plot, but not the same. It's quite different. Yeah. It, it's quite different, especially with the original novel. Ends much more like the Tim Burton. The Marky one. Mark rebo- rebo- reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah the
0: Tim, let's call it the Tim Burton. Let's the Tim Burton give, one. Let's <laughs> not give Wahlberg, who <laughs> sullies every franchise he touches, Transformers. Uh, you know, so, anyway. Ted. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that wasn't meant to be a franchise, it, <laughs> it happened. It's not really even a franchise, although it's funny that Universal Studios really is banking on it. Like, Oh, yeah. You, try, you go through on the studio tour now, and there's a giant statue of Ted. Out there. And I just did the special... Does it talk to you? No. No, it's just oh, there outside just the offices. Outside. And uh, I went to the special effects show and they used Ted as like an example of CG and like a motion capture. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't think that that's necessarily appropriate for kids huh. coming to this. Yeah. You know, they need to do... They, luckily, they've got the mummy coming soon and they can do that.
1: You know, to Totally appropriate that. for kids.
0: Not that I had a thing against Ted. It's just I, I, I think it's not appropriate
1: for family. You know, it is... It's, it's one of those things where, at the time when the moment you think it's going to be, it's giving a family-friendly message. They'll no. twist it. No, yeah. no, absolutely.
0: Uh, anyway, I, I wanted to check in on Civil War Two because I think you're far more caught up to it than I am. Yeah, um, and I'm a little I, behind. I, from I last just know week. that I'm by, I'm running into the, a similar problem that I have with Rebirth is that I, because they so heavily brand the Civil War Two part, and the actual right. solo titles are. In smaller text, I, it, it's back when they did Avengers, you know, Infinity. I'm not sure what I'm reading when, and where, and what book I wanted you to buy. You do have to kind
1: of keep everything straight. Um, no, I, I can't do that. See, when I get home, you keep all your your bag, your comics in weekly bags. I do. And I, when I get home, I sort them into the continuity of the back order. Backlog of books that I have, and, and you
0: and embed the RFID chip, right? I do, and, every then I, and I issue. photograph
1: myself with it, so it's, this is mine. And no, um,
0: and Debbie's in the background holding a newspaper, so you can tell when she was first taken right, hostage. hostage. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: the uh, the the books. I'm actually all caught up on all the books related to that, so those those just go into a stack of this yeah. came in this week, and this is the next week. And I, as far as I can tell, there aren't too many. Too many books where it matters for that week which order you read them in, you know, and and the ancillary stuff is more about in a world where right. there's a civil war or what would how does this affect this this character, which is fine because when they collect those issues into trades and stuff, it's not going to be totally tied up in a plot line. Do of you remember books what it used reading. to
0: just be a throwaway line of dialogue? Like I can remember a Justice League where in a world Wonder Woman said. You know, was up in the satellite, and Aquaman was hoping he was being relieved from honored duty. And she said, "No, I know that Atlantis is going right. to hell in a handbasket, but that's all." It didn't affect the plot right. of Justice League. Right. It was just right. like, "Oh yeah, Aquaman's got a solo book. Check that out." And, you know, yeah,
1: so, yeah. No, I it's it's. I think this is actually one of the better um, storylines because it's not. Totally over the top. You're not really looking at too many characters who audit who one side thinks they should be in jail. Tony Stark is one of those characters who is controversial because of something he did early and early in this storyline. Yeah, but that's been kind of the the ongoing fall of Tony Stark and Stark Industries against the, against the Inhumans and the Inhumans having a mini war with with, with right. Stark. Right. Right. Um, but the like the the Spider-Man and the, the books that they've done separately numbered mini series that go along with it have all been pretty good. And even you know, I'm one of my big beefs with these things is when they do one of those stupid anthology books that has like three mm-hmm. or four short stories, and you go, "I lose." Well, that interest. was that was crap. Well, that one was crap. That one was okay, but I wouldn't have paid four dollars for just that. Uh, these anthologies are actually okay. These have been uh, there's a, been an ongoing Nick Fury storyline in there that's pretty pretty I, intriguing. I have managed
0: to ignore it all.
1: Yeah, I, I I I'm you know me I'm not I'm not too forgiving about books that I I waste money on. No, I, over and I, I over other again.
0: than buying Civil War two, I have not picked up any additional uh-huh. book. And I, if anything, I am frustrated that I have probably missed a couple of regular issues of books that I. I mean, yeah. I'll pick it up on the on the MCU app in a few months. Yeah, but. They've taken away my sense of urgency, uh, and I'll be honest about it.
1: Yeah. Well, this is all leading up to one of the weirder sets of characters, you know, that we're going to do a new next, and you look yeah. at that that set of characters that they got there and you're kind of going, wow, there's like 80% of these are people that you would not think were going to get their own book." Really, I mean, the Prowler is a fun character, but I don't really—I don't really yeah, think
0: of him as. No, that's interesting. I, 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 I have my suspicion, and we've sort of danced around it, if not outright said it is. that I think one of the things that Marvel looks at now is one—they've got to look for diversity. Yeah. Prowler gets a book because he's African American. Hobie yeah. Brown has been around since the '60s. Now Great he character. Is. Now he is. I no, mean, he was always African American. Hobie Brown was always African American. he? okay. I had the original issue from Spider Amazing oh, right. Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. Um, and and don't get me wrong when I say that I, I love the evolution and how important he's become to Peter Parker, yeah. in a way that he really hadn't been before. And he's got to finish the thought is that the reason why is they really are trying to build up the next generation of characters
1: for for, an, for the movie, another generation of
0: yeah, you know, readers, yeah, uh, for a new generation of readers, a new next generation of characters and I think that Ironheart the name of the, of the yeah. girl I can't remember uh, but that that if that character sparks that's a very logical next step cinematically right, right. for Robert Downey Jr. to play the mentor figure or the disgraced mentor yep. and then you get the right actress that franchise goes on for another 10 years.
1: Yeah I'm actually there's a counter, not a counter to that but you know they keep on talking about doing a Captain um, Marvel movie.
0: Hey, they're not talking about it. It's happening. Yes,
1: but the Captain Marvel character is getting all muddied in this. Uh, I and mean, a
0: lot of people have said that. Yeah. yeah, which is a shame because I've looked. Because when you look at, as I've gone back and started reading the Tara Butters and uh, the, the 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 last Marvel Now run. Right, where she's head of Alpha Flight in space and she's uh, working with the. Right, Ultimates sword, uh, sword, and uh, it's interesting. I like that Carol Danvers. Yeah, and
1: that's the one, that, the one I want to see. Is, yeah, is not the, the one they got currently. who's kind of like uh, there's something.
0: I mean, th- th- that's my problem with Civil War Two. Is she's I, a scroll? Is it, it, th- again? Didn't they already do that? <laughs> yeah, wasn't she one of them? Originally? Yes, she was. Yeah, that uh, what I the first Civil War I didn't like the concept but I understood the argument
1: yeah I think this one was ginned up you know it, it, it's yeah it's it doesn't seem it's not all that civil and it's not really a war yeah the yeah.
0: it's more like playing minority report
1: yeah no, it's definitely minority report it's the ethics ethical questions of minority report yeah um, oh, there's something else I was going to say about that but now it's gone uh, yeah.
0: So let's get to the section of what's in the back. Oh, by the
1: way, uh, this, this, this update, Star Trek actually uh, did debut on September eighth, nineteen sixty six. So by tomorrow. the time
0: you hear this, it was yesterday.
1: Unless I really have a good day.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now, that was good. That was like a Nate segue where I started to move on, and then you interrupted with an update. That was good. Uh, Nate, I miss you. Anyway, uh, to oh, you like that? I can. No, do I don't. Uh, <laughs> What's in the bag, where uh, we did talk What's about What's in it. the bag. We've managed to recommend a book that's two weeks in the offing, but now here's what was in the stores this week, today. Indeed. A, a top three out of what we've chosen. Buy what you like, but maybe we'll spark you into something new and different.
1: Okay, so my first book. Um, I haven't read this thing, but I'm so excited about it. Because, well, first off, it's a Boom Studios book. Very true. Second off, it's tied into a theory and legend. Mm-hmm. And you know, only in modern time. And I love I love King Arthur reborn mm-hmm. into modern time. Every every movie, every yeah. story looks like that. And the winner is it's written and drawn by Frank Cho. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, Skyborn, uh, which uh, is a... It, it's going to be a five-issue series, and I was looking at it in the store going, I should just wait until they collect it into a trade. No, and then better. I looked at it again, and it I go... Be,
0: not only that, and, and you will buy it. It will yeah. be a deluxe hardcover edition.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of just issue one. <laughs> the way uh,
0: they, That's... Uh, yeah, there are publishers doing that, yeah, but there yes. there are. Yes. Uh,
1: the scum, we call them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> DC and IDW. I, call so, uh, them. I don't call them scum. So, fi- I, I, But, of course, I looked at it again. I said, no, come to daddy. We're going out of here. We're going to go tonight. We're going to settle down. I'm vaguely unsettled Comfiche by her. that. You, know. you Sit talk down about settling down. I got Frank unsettled Cho, by man. the way. I know, but Frank it's, the, it's just the come to daddy
0: thing. It got creepy. Yeah.
1: So that's my first book.
0: All right. Uh, mine would be... Uh, sort of a graphic novel series for kids, Secret Coders, Gene Luen Yang and Mike Holmes. Ah. Uh, So the second volume came out from Zero One Publishing. I love, uh, which by the way, uh, Gene will be signing uh, issue number three of New Superman next Wednesday at Elusive Comics and Games. uh, And probably will be willing to sign Secret Coders, uh, which is... I recommended this a year ago when Volume 1 came out. And what it is is a serialized comic story that actually teaches kids, while they're not looking, how to code. And so, you know. Daddy,
1: I'm dreaming in Fortran.
0: They're enjoying a story, uh, a really cool mystery. But it's also they have to solve the puzzles by learning, you know, basics of coding. Basic logics and mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so it's a really cool.
1: Is uh, that like a two-tone printing? Yeah. Yeah, so it's like black and green? Or? Black
0: and green. Well, you know, there's a reason for this because I, I remember this as a kid yeah. getting Humpty Dumpty magazine. Um, oh, yeah. And the green the green ink is actually, this is for kids, more soothing and easier to read. Print pops oh, out better really? on a green background. Though this is white, but, but when you use that green tone, and I'm sure there's also something about, you know, the... Old monitors being green. too. There was another
1: another magazine used to see in the dentist office called something. Highlights. For, highlights, told, did it. highlights. I think children's highlights started doing it, yeah, they too. Did it too. Yeah.
0: So um, you know, there, there's a psychological reason. Huh. And uh, interesting. And, and this is a book made for kids. I mean, I know I'm probably going to learn to code from it when I get all the volumes together. Uh, so when I'm and I'll move on to something else. But um, but the fact that it's ingrained in a narrative is just brilliant. It's a great, fun kid solving a mystery at a school. You know, why is the school so strange? And it's, you know, it's, so it's a great, great series.
1: I just love the fact that you were able to do that with Every Rose Has a Thorn in, in the background. Hey. You know, it's like bringing it home. Absolutely. It's like the, you got that the right. bars closing, kids.
0: Don't mess with me, i poison.
1: Go ahead. There you go. Uh, the second one out for me tonight is the third issue of a book that has been... Uh, the Dodson's? Yeah, this is The Dodson's. This is Red One. And the, the last issue came out, uh, it, it was two issues that had come out first in Europe, I think, somewhere over there, and that had come out in, like, the square bound. Yeah,
0: I remember you recommending and, it on the podcast. And, and
1: I, but then there was word that they were going to continue it, and they hadn't continued it until today. And one thing I want to point out about this if you look at the page, any given page in that, the density of storytelling in there is amazing, and it's I, it feels like it was shot like four times bigger. It was drawn four times bigger than the average comic book and reduced down to average comic book size because you got so much detail in this book yeah. and um, clever dialogue and the Dodson, uh, the Dodson's art is wonderful. I love the Dudson's art. Um, and just a clever idea about having a Russian superhero in 1977, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Red one.
0: I've got one a little off the beaten path here, and that is that Humanoids, the European publishing company, has come roaring back this week with a deal... That is so crazy. Four ninety nine. Four ninety nine for feel that's a big bo- book. Feel this book alone. Yeah, wow. Feel it. The cover so it's, itself
1: is just substantial.
0: So it's humanoids present the Jodoverse. So it's uh, Alexander oh. Jod- uh, Jodorowsky's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's samples excerpts from the beginning of the Incall with Mobius, uh-huh. the Meta Barons, uh, yeah. the Techno Priests, and. Megalics, which is the only one that I hadn't actually. So heard this is of. like a
1: sampler, or are they going to continue? give me an a, anthology, or
0: I think they're coming back into reprinting in America, so they want to get you started off with the first ones
1: reasonably priced. So is it going to be an anthology book, or is this I, a sampler I against think some that, individual I think this series? Is just a sampler, okay.
0: But I would say I'm going in cold. I've yeah. never picked these up before.
1: Uh, I think I've read Steve the most.
0: Steve at Elusive said, "You know, hey, did you pick up the the Jo-overse? I went over there and I went, okay, four ninety nine. That's That's too good a deal for how hefty this is. And, yeah. and, and, and it's already kind of like, this is tried and true, critically acclaimed material. What a price. So that's I recommend. Beautiful. I know that that's Humanoids has tried to break into the American market a couple of times uh-huh. with mixed success. And I think the thing is now, where the market is, where the readership is, this is the time. Yeah. The, you know, and, and this they could not have done unless they were giving it away. Uh, a better way to get people hooked on it, you know, reasonably priced, totally worth it. So,
1: so my last book is uh, Doctor Strange issue eleven, which is a follow up to the conclusion of the second arc in this, the first ten issues of Doctor Strange, and this has been for me a note perfect Doctor Strange. After we've had a couple that weren't kind of, that were kind of a little yeah. weird and not quite quite on it, not the same cast. And in this one, you've got, it's, so far it's just Wong and, and Strange, but I, you know someone's coming. Do you know who's coming back? Can I spoil that for you? Because it's already been in the papers. I haven't read the papers. Who's been gone for way too long? Clea? yeah.
0: I mean, of course. Yeah. Because you know we're at an age as readers, you and I, yeah, where I feel like you're just every new version of a hero is a cover version of the high points of the original. You're just refining the myth for a thousand years from now. Yeah. Everybody, you know. So you got you can't do this long without Wong. You can't do this long without Klea. Yeah,
1: Wong's been in this one. Ever, no, I know he. Has, I, yeah. I know he
0: has. I'm sorry. I I liked the revelation there in the first arc. Yeah, about the 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 monks who power him. Yeah, uh, who power. And him Strange. in this Strange. Yeah. But The, the, the this. what I love about this series is that it is one of those things where everything you know has not been as it's not been wrong, but it's not been as right as you thought. Exactly. it Exactly, and what and it doesn't. Ruin what had come before
1: without twisting without twisting the character around too much at, really at all, they are making this book. A much better introduction and more compl- complimentary to what we've seen in the coming attractions for the movie. Absolutely, with and the worlds that are not quite in phase with us. And and the and, first and the first issue was fabulous, where he's walking down the street and he's seeing all these other world worldly things that yes. are there with us. And there's one that's sucking in the back of the guy's head that's getting, making him depressed or whatever. So he zaps it, and that's just his job as Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, and is he's to keep not even right? wearing a yokai watch, right? So. So the that was for our younger listeners. I'm down with it. There you go. And Gaz Gretzky, Gaz gets it. the um, The second arc was a terrific story about Magic being attacked from another dimension, mm-hmm. and had some wonderful moments. Some you know, it was a really big, really big story for Magic in the Marvel Universe in general. Almost, I, I couldn't think of they even created some new characters I'm pretty sure they're created but they could be from some obscure stuff but they had just about everybody you know in the Marvel Universe who uses magic affected by this and getting involved in this storyline um, it's going to make a terrific trade
0: well it's a question I have you know when you said they're created have you been reading James Robinson Scarlet Witch no I have not
1: I read the first issue
0: because the uh, he's been redefining and adding a lot of characters right you know, so so it may it, may it may have come maybe thoughts about it. over there because I know that the first
1: arc. Was My favorite one is this hard drinking Russian.
0: Uh, yeah, that's from James Robinson. Okay,
1: so um, so I may have to go back and read those, but I they're good. Figure they're I, good. I, I figured I might. I just didn't, it just didn't. It was, I was trying to cut down, I'm trying to cut back, man. Um, I know. So why bring up eleven? Uh, the the last second story arc has pretty much resolved where this is the aftermath stuff, this is going to be a perfect jumping-on point to because uh, understanding the premise of what's happened before where magic has really been diminished in the Marvel Universe and there's going to be like this questing stuff, yeah. that's going to be an interesting arc. And that's going to lead into the Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme, Sorcerer's Supreme book.
0: Yes, not the Supremes. Right. Hannah Ross and the Supremes. I a, would love a a to Motown see group back and in Doctor
1: Strange at the mic with the uh, facial Heart Rose uh, look. Um, so I think eleven is is a great time to jump onto Doctor Strange as as a, a storyline starts that's to develop. Yep.
0: Knowing nothing about this next choice for myself, what other does than, that than the creator, it it's never does. That's why I say this was uh, Another recommendation slipped into my box, my pull box, by uh, Steve Simonetti at Loser Alu- Comics. Knight's Dominion, uh, written and drawn by Ted Naifeh. Ah, So nice. it's Ted's new book from Oni. Uh, a fantastic fantasy artist. We know he is. Uh, and I've enjoyed every single thing that this guy has done. And, and he's developed really
1: well over the last oh, decade or so. Oh, he. has
0: he? You know, you're right. The, the, as a creator... You just see the growth. He came yeah. out of the He's gate. He's always cool. He's he came out of the gate very cool, clean. and he just gets better and better. And, uh, and never less than perfectly natalie dressed at a convention. Yeah. I just have to say that. Always. I, one of the best-dressed men at Comic-Con. Uh, so that's my life I know nothing about it other than it's from Oni Press, and that it was in my box, and I went. And it's called, yeah, it's called. And it's called Knight's Dominion. Knight's okay. Dominion, and N I G H T. So you know, it was one of those things where I was like, "What?" I did not put on this. F- oh, it's Ted A. Okay, yes, yeah. I will, I will, I will gladly read it. So cool that I recommend out. Um, Good week. Oh, it's a great week. You know, I- I'm going to throw in one bonus because it's old and I just discovered it wandering in an independent bookstore last weekend.
1: It was wandering in a. No, I discovered. Oh, it you were. I was wandering. Uh, I love it when books can't. Find I the way was home. wandering.
0: I can't tell the full story. It's just bizarre. But I was in Valencia. Nate's going to be mad because I didn't call him. And uh, I, I found this independent bookstore, and they had it. And I thought this was brilliant. They did have, after I explored, they had Marvel and DC graphic novels, okay. but those were sort of hidden away. You walk into the store, and there's, and it's got all kinds of books. It's not just graphic novels, but they had their display of graphic novels that first strikes you are all independent, alternative, off the beaten path stuff that they're that you would not. Uh, you know, okay. like walk into a store to find. So I found this book. Hey, yeah, uh, that that was called Hellraisers. Okay, and it's the biography of Oliver Reed, Richard Harris, Richard Burton, and Peter O'Toole. Done as a Christmas Carol to a guy who is who wants to be the kind of legendary drunk in London that they were. And huh. he's visited by their spirits as they tell the story of their lives as hellraisers in the London theater scene wow. in Hollywood. Wow. And apparently there's a, a more straightforward biography by the same guy. But finding this, it was like from a British press. Found, read, it's 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 wonderful. It, but it's the kind of book that there's no way I would walk into your standard comic shop and, and just find, find it. And find it, yeah. And then, and just out of curiosity, I tried, and I couldn't do. You know, I went to three or four shops, could not find it. So you know, it's just it's been around for about five years. Probably, you know, so it's an old one.
1: So again, that's called press, Hellraisers. Hellraisers,
0: yeah. So um, it's, cool, very different biographical. Did you comic. say that's not
1: new? It's it's, it's been five years long. old. It's five, five years, years old. old. Okay.
0: So, but I just it was like facing on the on the end cap, and I went. That looks. Fantastic. Sounds
1: like it'd be a good combo with the uh, the Beatles one. Um, with the Fifth Beatle, the Fifth Beatle, yeah, yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Again, proving that you can push the comics can can push past what we what we Right, do. it's not all about capes. And, and which I think is why, like this week, my recommendations I realize are almost all they are all off the beaten path. They're not superhero stuff, which normally I love. But that's the thing is I was talking about this with, with Steve Simonetti at, at Elusive. He said like I can't get drawn into a store. That's just the indies. I need the I need the superheroes because I right. love them, but I want to find yeah. the other the other stuff. So you know, and I, I love that. So let's go to movies. All right, local movie news. This is bad. Sad stuff. Yeah, uh, it was announced today that Camera Twelve, uh, downtown, with downtown San Jose, twelve fantastic screens are going out of business as of tomorrow.
1: Not only that, I mean, that is, it's a very accessible. I think the the real problem is few people know how accessible that theater is because it's got the underground parking right next door.
0: Nobody knows how accessible downtown San Jose is. We're not even in downtown
1: San Jose right now.
0: We're in Bascom. When you see a movie... What's the address here, Jeff? Uh, 423 South Bascom. 423 South... I knew that. uh, This guy, uh, Jeff Mitchell, I met earlier this uh, this afternoon. Yeah, Star Wars meeting and (laughs) <laughs> so he's here as a Star Wars fan. Actually, I'm supposed to be in
1: a squad war right now. Okay, there we go.
0: So I, I should say,
1: camera three and
0: camera seven are remaining open. It is, but it, we're losing twelve.
1: Yeah, but what what we were saying was, you get your you get your parking pass. You park. Yep. You get a parking pass. that pays for the parking. I go down there in the rain all the time because I can park in the underground and walk, mm-hmm. and I just have to walk across. And then the theaters are, are marvelous, and they all it's all the first run films, and, uh, and yeah. there's food right nearby, and I, it's just it's and they have just fantastic really sad.
0: concessions with also the best deal on concessions, right. you know, popcorn and, and coke, you know, candy, hot dogs, whatever, yeah, the
1: standard stuff.
0: Um, we don't know what's going to happen to that building. We also don't know.
1: Well, it's been closed before.
0: It it has because. 12 years ago it was originally opened as a united artists theater yeah and literally overnight
1: they snuck out of town
0: taking all their equipment and the seats with them yeah so uh (laughs) it's astounding so we don't know what they're gonna do uh but this is a breaking story for san jose locals and a sad story because it really was a good theater is a good theater it's got one day left uh, and they had the Barco Escape screen too, so yeah. you know they were really pushing the bar as to what the technology was. Yep. So you know we are sorry to see that go. Uh, we should see what happens next. Uh, I say, movie-wise, just to tell, and I, I, I direct people to Fanboy Planet because I ran a lot of photos from it. Right now, until uh, the end of November, at the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, Guillermo del Toro has curated a portion of his personal collection, aka Bleak House. In an exhibition called At Home with Monsters.
1: And you have at least two articles on the I website. I have three articles. Because I
0: realized, yeah. I took all the photos of the costumes for Crimson Peak, and I went, I, I absolutely have to separate that out for people like Debbie. Okay. That just want to look at how cool those costumes don't are. don't want and to I, be scared by them. I'm monsters. sitting across the table. No, no, no. Just because I want to be able to find it easily. Okay. And, and, and uh, sitting across from you saying, you and Debbie need to go down for... Uh, Get tickets and 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 go see it because you would absolutely love it. But it's 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 such a fascinating cross section of literature, nineteenth century art, uh, comic book art. You know, it, it's inspired by the Ackermansion Mansion of Forrest J. Ackerman, um, who is the one person there isn't a statue of. There's, there are life size wax figures of H. P. Lovecraft, of Ray Harryhausen, of Dick Smith. You know, all the influences on Guillermo del Toro, plus many actual props and figures from his films. Wow. And uh, it's just an an amazing, an amazing exhibit at the the L.A. County Museum, uh, which is also right next to the La Brea Tar Pits, where if you're paying attention, a lot of, of, uh, I believe, uh, Charmanders uh, (laughs) uh, spawn there at the Tar Pits, and you just walk around. So I spent some time hunting Charmanders later uh, after seeing it. But uh, it is a great, great, if you're a fan of Guillermo del Toro, if you're a fan of film, and you want an excuse... To decide, this is why my collection looks the way it is. Uh, why the Brett Cave looks the way it does. Uh, Guillermo the Toro turned that crap into a career, so uh, there's still hope. Uh, you need to go and, and and see it. And there are a lot of. There's a lot of original art that I went. Oh, of course he has that. Yeah, like the original Bernie Wrightson woodcuts for uh,
1: Frankenstein. For Frankenstein, uh-huh. he has them.
0: He has a lot of uh, stuff from Rick Geary from the Treasury of Victorian Murder. Uh, a lot of Frank Frazetta stuff, a lot, you know, it's oh. it's just, been, everywhere I turned, something new that was like, oh, oh, you know, and yeah. so it's a cool place. And were you, and, you were able to take your camera in there? Yeah, they uh, had just no flash photography. No flash. So I just had my way. phone. I mean, I don't yeah. have a separate camera anyway, but, you know, I, everything was with a phone, everything, you know, and, and they have no problem with that. Cool. So. Uh, And there's a great book, which is a link in the article on Fanboy Planet to get the book that is available on Amazon as well. Sweet. Which I wish I'd known because it would have been cheaper than my uh, L.A. County membership would have gotten me. (laughs) So, uh, discount. Um, They have confirmed over at at DC Films that Booster Gold is coming as a film. Greg Berlanti has admitted it. But that it is not going to be set in the same universe as the rest of the DC movies. Because... No, there's a very good reason... Okay, is because Berlanti confirmed, and I'm not going to call this laziness, it's not, but that it's taken from what had long been rumored but never confirmed that he had been developing a television series. Okay. And instead, Warner Brothers came to him and said, that can be a movie. Okay. So it's his TV pitch writ large into cinema. And, so, and they're saying two totally different, which I think is foolish. But I can understand why Berlanti is like going, I'm not playing in that sandbox. I'm not with them. It's something more akin with what he's doing
1: in the Arrowverse. So, Well, even the Arrowverse is...
0: Accommodates a lot of different tones. Yeah. Which my favorite quote of the week is the guy who plays Diggle on Arrow. Yeah. said, like, when he first encountered The Flash, they said, like, you know, go ahead and be really goggle-eyed and, and, you know, really go over that. It's got to be a big deal. You're seeing someone with actual superpowers. So he said, I... Don't remember which which convention he was at this past weekend. He said uh, that you know uh, when when Diggle meets Supergirl, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to pee a little <laughs> 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 because you got to go bigger than the Flash when you meet a Kryptonian. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. Other announcement in in sequel news this week: uh, Jackie Chan and Owen Wilson are coming back to do Shanghai Dawn.
1: That could be fun. Which
0: ties into the CW WB in an interesting way in that. The writers of the Shanghai Trilogy are Al- Alfred Goff and Mark Miller, the guys who did Smallville. So, uh, there it is. Uh, rumor has How it... How
1: long has it been since Jackie Chan has had a film?
0: Well, if you don't count the Kung Fu Panda... I don't. Uh, uh, and wait, he's, I mean, one where he could be jumping around. It oh, no, been, no, you're right. Live action? I don't know that he's done an American film. I think he's done some, some he's films done some back Chinese in Hong films. Kong.
1: I think he has. So I mean, because it's—I'm pretty sure it's back to the that buddy film, the two Rush Hour, Rush Hour, Rush, rush Hour rush three, two. There's a three. Was that a three? So I've not seen a three.
0: So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I saw Rush Hour three, but I think it existed. Okay. Uh, but I did just see he's also the voice of uh, the sensei in the Lego nin- Ninjago movie coming. So I realized that's why they had to do a Ninjago movie even after years. Ah, of thing okay. is that you've got a, a much better voice cast, a much bigger voice cast. I should sure. say better. Sure. Because uh, it's, it's a good TV show. Um, they've also rumored. I think it's more of a rumor. I think they've actually made the offer. Daniel Craig is being. Courted again yes. to play James Bond after swearing he never would. Courted. He turned down ninety nine million dollars. Right. Now they've come back and offered him rumor. Rumor has it that it's a hundred and fifty million dollars to play James Bond over two films.
1: a very good friend of mine, Jeff Smith, who I grew up with and who I saw the Planet Earth movies with when they first came out. All right. Um. Now lives in uh, in Michigan, and he wrote on my Facebook page just the, the, the t- tip about it and I go you know it makes me remember when Sean Connery wanted to leave the series you know remember how much they lured him back into the series for one million dollars
0: was that for Never Say Never that was for, uh, for uh, diamonds, diamonds are Forever, or forever.
1: yeah yeah Maybe I don't. After
0: that. I have to look up though. I have to look up how much it took for Never Say Never Again. But that was no. That was a sad movie. But he that didn't.
1: That was done much. Never that was say much never later, was and he wanted later. to do it. Yeah. He wanted referenced. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They had. They had a. They had the script. It was a different theater. He didn't have to deal with the broccolis and all. Right. You know, right. Right. The right. Rest. right. So
0: yeah. it did, yes, yeah. I Kevin McCrory, I think yeah. was the guy who owned the rights half the rights to
1: Thunderball. Yes, and, and that was right. uh, you know
0: so. Anyway, uh, so 150. I mean, he'd be crazy. I I mean, I don't know. You know the thing I artistic integrity thing I
1: regret about Never Say Never Again is I've forgotten who was you said Never Again. Never Say Never Again. Um, The uh, uh, who was the woman who was the the bad bad girl. Uh, She was in Relic Hunter. Barbara Carrera. Barbara Barbara Barbara. Carrera. They they used Barbara Carrera in that movie, and so she could never be a Bond girl in the regular series. And she would have been a really good Bond girl. Uh, And she would have been much better. Fatima Blush. But the (laughs) character she... Yeah, so do you think he's going to come back for 150 million, or is he going to hold out for 175 million dollars? I mean, it gets it gets ridiculous. 150
0: million and two bits. Uh, (laughs) Right. And the the alleged plan is that while they're trying to line somebody up for a next, they want uh, is to do two films and then have their succession plan in place. Right. I think that Daniel Craig saying he was not going to come back was not their plan. Uh You know, and so. Why this is such a big
1: deal? I, you know, I, I don't know. But um, well, you made that that statement about not wanting to come back because it'd be like rather gouge his eyes out or something like yes, that.
0: I, yes, yeah. I, you know, yeah. He, he, he can gouge his eyes out and cry all the way to the bank. Yes, uh, because people like him as as Bond. Yep. Uh, there was a leak uh, this week of photos from Spider-Man: Homecoming, which showed the costume for. The shocker, which is allegedly, uh, I think it's Bokeem Woodbine, is the actor. Is it quilting? Uh, sort of. It's okay. not as it's not as overtly as the comic book one, but I thought it was interesting because I look at it and go, it's one of the few costumes where you go, well, considering his powers, this costume makes perfect sense in live yeah. action, and I had and it hadn't occurred to me that that costume would make perfect sense. However, it is, a leak, and so one of the things I, I did not run it on Fanboy Planet because it's one of those things again where I'm starting to get a distaste for this because I'm like somebody might have just gotten fired as a result of this. Yes, You know, and... Or promoted. Well, there is that. I know that some studios have historically leaked. Good work, woke. Johnson. They think it yeah. was a leak. Well, I mean, that's how Deadpool got made. You did you know, yeah. I mean, that's the, re- the reality. Ryan Reynolds keeps saying that, that you know, uh, it leaked. I don't know who did it. It was me. Uh, you know, <laughs> 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 who leaked that. So, we'll see. But, you uh, it's out there on the net. You check it. Actually, the costume looks pretty good. They're just still blurry photographs, yeah. and and this is almost like, and I will nod to the fact that we're in the Star Wars bar. It's how, it's, I was having a conversation earlier this week that somehow I managed to really not know anything outside of the trailers for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. With all the you know, like, and Rogue One, I really don't know that much beyond right, right. And that's how I kind of, how I feel about Spider-Man: Homecoming. I see that there's stuff out there. And I don't want to see the leak stuff because totally agree. I, I want to get involved and engrossed in the film, go there and discover it for the first time. That's how I feel about Rogue One.
1: Right. You know? right. Uh,
0: so, one look back, there'll be no spoilers involved in this announcement is that on October 5th, nationwide through Fathom Events. Yes. Uh, This is our moment of sadness and acknowledgement of the passing of Gene Wilder.
1: A celebration of life. A
0: celebration. Well, I went last Saturday to Blazing Saddles, the Arclight Hollywood. Yes, Where both the Arclights and the AMCs showed Blazing Saddles and um, Charlie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And all the money went to Alzheimer's Research. Good. So totally worth going to do that. But now, through Fathom... Uh, There's a special event showing Young Frankenstein. Live
1: broadcast. And it
0: will only do one. Yes. Because it's with Mel Brooks hosting live and taking you on a tour through... The Backlot. The Backlot of Universal, which, of course, where they shot... They call it Little Little Europe, um, where they did film a lot of Young Frankenstein, and it's still there and used all the time. So, uh, a great thing. And I get to announce here on the podcast... Right into editor at fanboyplanet because we got promised a package of we can have a drawing for two pairs of tickets wow. to see this so four total 5th. tickets four total t- two pairs at any, any of theater the, the not not two for each theater right but two listeners two readers of fanboy planet can win and as long as you are can tell me which theater the fathom events that you would be attending it's good for that theater excellent so uh, I've got my tickets already yeah (laughs) so do I Uh, (laughs) so anyway it's good for uh, so I've got to set my we are on the seventh right Uh, and you might get this out of the eighth and ninth and just so we have time to process and pick I would say by the 21st okay uh, if, if you email me by September 21st you are in the running to win two tickets to see Young Frankenstein live through Fathom Events. I'll put something
1: in the liner notes about that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And in the meantime, you can go to www.fathomevents.com to uh, purchase your tickets if you think uh, you know that, that you don't want to wait. But, uh and if you're in the Santa Clara County, the theater you
1: want to go to is the Shoreline Cinemas. Because are they offering it? Yes, they are. I got my t- I got okay. my seat assignment. Oh. dead center in that theater. I'm going to. Because I got the mail and I immediately broke open the browser. I will be and going. I will be going to
0: the Cupertino, but uh. Uh, because when I looked at when I was offered choices, I went, "Ah, uh, Cupertino, that's fine." Um, so, anyway. Uh, so I'm really thrilled that we get to participate with Fathom Events on that and uh, yeah, give away some tickets uh, because
1: it's one be great uh, it's such a great movie and the cast unit you know, everybody in that cast you know, and unfortunately so many I mean Peter Boyle uh,
0: say you know it, it, I had the same thing with Blazing Saddles yeah is realized the oddly enough though so the person still alive is Mel. Yeah, the oldest cast member. Yeah, um, and it, and it, you watch Blazing Saddles, which brilliant and economical film, tremendous storytelling, which anybody doing parody films should watch and rewatch and rewatch, and then give up doing parody films, right? Because the best, <laughs> because the best one, the best two were done by Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, right? You know, um, but yeah, I, I went uh, Saturday night with da- you mentioned David Avalon uh, so David was there too at the Arc Light Hollywood and uh, so it was apparently Edgar Wright, uh, but I didn't see him. Uh. Oh like him, he and I always hit it off so, No, not at all. Uh, but uh, you mentioned it was like David Huddleston who just passed away as well uh, yeah. is a, leader, a mayor of the town and uh, you, you realize you know Madeleine Kahn gone to son Cleavon little gone to uh-huh. so many just tremendous comedy talents oh, yeah. that are you know just brilliant. And uh, you know so, and the same. You're right with Young Frankenstein. When you look at it; that is a brilliant, brilliant film. Wait a minute, your business across the street. Give me a quick plug. Oh, uh, the pool yard, South Glasgow. Okay, uh, this is watching and uh, attending the eight podcast. Eight, eight, seven, nine, nine zero. All, All right. right. <laughs> 15, 000. I wanted to give you that that across the street from Seven Stars Bar and
1: Grill. The pool Poolyard. yard. Uh, so, if you need your, your pool. Uh, so, come into the Seven Stars, get your linguiça corn dog, and, and then your beer, your and pool. then go across the school pool. Get your pool, pool supplies.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, or, or a Star Wars themed cocktail, and then your pool you supplies. Uh, so, anyway, let's go to television. Again, sort of segueing on the, uh, the sad remembrances. Uh, but actually, a r- brilliant celebration of life will be out on Vimeo at, and home video on demand this weekend uh, and I kicked back to it which is Adam Nimoy's documentary in tribute to his father yep. for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek there that's our third Star Trek reference for the 50th anniversary week actually I think it comes out tomorrow so which would be them yep. on the 50th anniversary for the love of Spock which is really though it is ad- as those Leonard Nimoy centric it really is a celebration of Star Trek and fandom and the cast and their memories and um so uh, I, I I did back it on Kickstarter, so I did I did get an early uh, sneak of it, and uh, I have not finished watching it, but so far it is just a beautiful, uh, you know, including there's footage from Big Bang Theory, which has done a great tribute uh, episode oh, yeah. as well, and so there's interviews with uh, with Leonard. Uh, uh, I just love with Sheldon rather. I can't sorry,
1: remember what it was for, but the. Uh, the commercials that he did with uh, Zach Quinto.
0: Yeah, uh, it was for Honda, I think. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, but. You know, and, and that's what's really fascinating watching this is really two generations of casts. Yeah. Because uh, Adam interviews both the original surviving cast and the the and, new, and the new f- film ones, and it's just, you know, the affection, the depth, the like, oh, and there there is a moment which has this resonance. When they talk about the origin of the "Live Long and Prosper" and the greeting, and there's a photo uh, of the which was clearly done after Adam, after Leonard Nimoy passed away of the cast on the bridge of Star Trek Beyond doing it, and then you see. Uh,
1: does, does Nimoy talk about the synagogue? Yes, Shorty? totally. Okay. This whole thing and. Yeah.
0: Uh, but but you but you see Anton Yelchin doing it, oh, and there's this and just yeah. like oh Man. these little layers of the of the tragedy, but and yet beautiful like you know going this is a, you know it's a celebration of a man's life, and it goes so deep into his history as a as an actor in the 40s and 50s, and you know and a brilliant thing is is I love this framing device of Adam sits down reading I am Spock like the. He sits down with a copy, opens it up, and the audio of Leonard Nimoy reading the book is okay. what he plays through. Okay. So every now and then, sections of that you know, come break in, and it's like we okay, gave himself a great framing device, you know. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's just a, a beautiful. So that's going to be available through Vimeo. Through Vimeo. I don't know if it's going to be available on iTunes or not, but uh, but I, it, it launches tomorrow. So. Uh, Vimeo is a
1: good platform. I mean, if I was going to buy, if I was going to choose between iTunes and and
0: uh, well, now that I know, yeah. you know, quite honestly, like even you know, when Con Man came out, I, I did wait till iTunes to buy it, uh-huh. and then bought it on Blu-ray. Uh, but now Vimeo seems to be much easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have to worry about storage space. It just uh, Comes
1: up in your browser, so you don't have to launch the whole. And I realize, iTunes. people,
0: that you're somebody. Somebody is screaming at their device right now, going, "It's been around for years. What took you so long?" Rick is the early adopter. I am the slow adopter. Case in point: waiting until the next version of PlayStation Four comes out so that the price will drop a hundred bucks. The kinks will have worked out of the primitive one. What well, do I need? The four K one. I
1: haven't bought a PlayStation Four oh, either. either. Yeah,
0: okay, but, but I uh, gotta buy it because you're gonna get. P- do
1: the- you still have my PlayStation two? I do okay yes I just want to know where it is uh, no I have it okay every now and then <laughs> you, uh, you play that I, what is that, that game that, that
0: Burnout car, that car, car wreckage crash, game that car yeah. re- when life gets a little too tense Burnout yeah. 3 man yeah greatest longest lasting gift and it goes back to Michael Goodson co-founder of Fanboy Planet gave me that one year for Christmas and said I just feel that you need this game
1: <laughs> it's therapy and, and it's
0: true it's yeah. very true uh, so anyway, uh, so check that out. And the other th- uh, other news is, you know, we got our first glimpse of uh, Gabriel Luna as Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes, Ghost for Agents of Shield, which comes in just a couple weeks, September twentieth. I gotta finish season two. On Netflix, he was
1: kind of doing the uh, the Leonard Nimoy pose there, wasn't he? He's kind of leaning up against something. And, I, it was yeah. kind of funny,
0: um, and, which by, for love of Spock recreates that. Sh- you know, the, shows that ran- shot. What kind I, of car
1: was it? A Ranchero or? A yeah, I don't
0: know. Or, you know cars better than yeah. I do. I just went, oh yeah, I bought one of those for
1: Rick. Yeah, uh, the Hot Wheel. Uh,
0: so yeah, and then they had the cell the cell phone footage of Ghost Rider, just a little you know found yeah. footage. So interesting. Did you see that? What's that? Yeah. You know what ruins it as a viral video? It's Putting the tag for Agents of Shield <laughs> at the end. We are not fooled, people. We are right, not fooled. Right, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I shot this video last night, and then I put a commercial at the end because <laughs> maybe I'll get some of that sweet money back from him.
0: Uh, You know, I, I I'm not excited. You know, the thing is, it's like you can show me a guy dressed cosplaying as as Robbie Reyes, right? But the proof in the pudding is what's he look like with a flaming skull yeah
1: yeah it's for the for the mobile
0: game yeah cool yeah he just brought this back for me my son watched it too so yeah <laughs> yes my guy which reminds me uh, where it crossed over man Have you seen? look up uh, on the web uh, someone just came by pointing out that I had a copy of Teeny Titans that Rick gave me from PAX that uh Fifty cent for his daughter's birthday party, okay, or for his his child's. I shouldn't say. I'm 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 retroactively putting it in ret- right. retconning at his daughter. It might be a son for his son uh, for his child's birthday party. Uh, cosplayed as the t- animated Teen Titans cyborg. Is and there a video?
1: Please, yes, please there is. A video.
0: Uh, at least there are... There are. He tweeted
1: that he Instagrammed it. And please let it all be done with tinfoil and cardboard. Oh, no, no,
0: no. No, it looks awesome. Oh, is it? Okay. Spent, it looks awesome. He spent some money on He's it. He's too old to be cyborg, but still, um, it looks awesome. Yeah. But there's proof of how this culture has seeped
1: in. new cyborg book came out this week.
0: Which is the one I skipped. Yeah, I did too. And because I, I read a little thing that said it was like... And the anatomy lesson. And I'm like, if that's what you have to offer me, yeah. is it Cyborg, is it your rebirth? Is that Cyborg isn't what he thought he was?
1: The last page is a little gross, and if it's indi- if it indicates what I think it's trying to indicate, I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's too bad. Um, well, there we go. Uh, DC All Access today, uh, their, their web series, says uh, that Vanessa Hutchinson's character in Powerless... The, the pilot will be working on a claim that is caused by Wonder Woman. So there is direct tie, at least proof now, there's a direct tie in to the mainstream DC Universe characters that people do know, not just cool. Crimson Fox and Jack O'Lantern. Right. My favorite thing is that Alan Tudyk is kind of playing like the jerk of The Office. Uh huh. And on his bookshelf, he has only two books, and they are perfect one is real, one is not. Donald Trump's Art of the Deal and Lex Luthor's Business Memo.
1: <laughs> so,
0: nice. I think politically we know where that show's going to go. Right. Um, we're going to wrap up tonight with great. I know it's a Star Wars bar, but uh, amazing Doctor Who news this week. Uh, you know, first off, that the first. Let me make sure I phrase this. I was going to say
1: Vampirella t shirt, eye-sighting.
0: Oh, always nice. Vampirella, you know that's. This is not just a Star Wars bar. This is a bar for all our people, for all nerds. Uh, yes. yes, absolutely. Um, that the BBC confirmed a rumor that it apparently had leaked two minutes of animation that people thought were count- might have been a hoax. Yeah. In August, confirmed that on November fifth in the UK, we're not getting it to November twelfth. Okay. They have taken a lost serial. Oh yes. The first full story of Patrick Troughton of the second Doctor. Yeah. The Power of the Daleks. The audio has re- had been saved all this yes. time and so it's been released as an audio book or a CD recording. Yep. They have animated using designs by the guys that have been drawing the Doctor Who serial comics in Doctor Who Weekly yes. magazine. Um, and it is going to be released on November 5th. All six episodes have been fully
1: animated and so now, in a way, this lost episodes and they've tried to do this a couple of times with with mostly with spot episodes that have been missing from different right, series. Right, right. But this is the this first is the time, first a time full serial. This has is the been first done. time they've well, full serial, and that they actually gotten someone with talent to do it because the ones that the ones that have had before have been pretty grim. It's just, okay, yeah. yeah so they've been they've been pretty blockish and like.
0: So we get it on November. Remember 12th. Clutch Cargo? Yes, not I not quite that much talent. BBC America. Is going to broadcast the whole thing on November twelfth. Oh, that's all so six sweet. episodes, and uh, they should save it for Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, they don't have Thanksgiving. Are they? No. no, they don't really. Oh,
0: and uh, no, the reason they're doing it on November fifth is because that's the fiftieth anniversary oh. of the actual first episode okay. being broadcast. Okay. Now the the piece that is always that has been so they've had clips because they were used in like documentaries and retrospectives that did not get wiped. Right. So they've had those as re as you know research things, and I had not realized the actual first regeneration, though it's not called a regeneration, was in the previous episode. So that has existed, and if you go to Fanboy Planet, I I, I put that clip right. in as well. But uh, then they released a uh, last night. They put a teaser trailer is that out the end for of it.
1: Planet of the Spiders.
0: I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where William Hartnell yeah, yeah dies and is regenerated. So uh, this is this is big news. Along with that though, then. Peter Capaldi leaks this week says, "Oh, season 10's coming back in April, which is normally been, it's been pushed back till like the last two have been late August, early September. So we are getting it in Excellent. April. Uh, and then they announced today who the guest star of the Christmas special is. Oh, and it, it, no, it's not. It's uh, it's not who oh. we'd hope. We were hoping for Captain Jack. But well, it's okay. actually, gonna it's actually going to pave the way for." Uh, for the character return that's going, who's going to be a semi-regular, which is Nardole from La, uh, Matt, um, not Matt Smith, Matt from Little Britain, um, right? Uh, uh, is, yeah, yeah, is uh, he was Nardole in last season's Christmas special, last, right. uh the, the 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 husbands of River Song. Uh, it will explain how he. Could become a companion of the Doctor, and then he's going to be a semi-regular in season ten. Okay, so um, it's not the Captain Jack we were hoping for, uh, but it's still it's still a, still a cool thing. I'd it's like a, to
1: see him playing against Dan, um, uh, the uh, Silurian not Solarian. Uh, oh Sontaran. yeah, the Soltaren. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember his last name now. Dan Starkey. Starkey. Yes. Those who would play off. Seeing
0: Nardle go up against the Paternoster bunch. Oh. oh, my gosh. Rod that would be fantastic. Yeah. So we shall see. Uh, anyway, that was the big, uh, that that was a good way to kind of roll into the, uh, getting ready for the podcast. So I'm like, oh, so much Doctor Who news. So exciting. Yes. And that is it. Of Are course. you going to Gallifrey? Oh, Make yes. Sure. I'm going to Gallifrey. One. Yeah. Uh, so if you've got any questions, compliments, commentary, criticism, Anything right into editor at fanboyplanet dot com which is also uh, don't forget about the Young Frankenstein contest. Do write in Do and and enter that and just put in the header "Young Frankenstein," so I know what it is. Uh, and uh, and then we shall uh, we shall see. So thank you. And again, you know, by the way, I forgot to mention up top. If you are listening through iTunes or Google Play, please rate us and review us and tell your friends. And thank you so much for listening. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com,
1: and I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Reminding you to use, use your, your powers only for good.